0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. What a joy to be able to be celebrating the patronal feast of our church. And if you noticed uh, last night, we did uh, the uh, litia and the uh which uh, makes the... Which made that service a bit more festive. And uh, this morning, at the very end of the Divine Liturgy, we're going to uh, do koliva offered uh, for uh, St. John the Theologian as well. And so it's as if we're kind of pulling out all the stops. We did Vespers, Orthros, and the Divine Liturgy uh, because it's for our patronal feast. And for every church, when you celebrate your patronal feast, it's like one of the 12 major feast days of the year, it is a grand, joyous celebration. And I think uh, this year, perhaps most especially, we should honor the Holy Apostle John. He's been praying for us, of course, since the founding of this church. Uh, but I think especially all of the patrons, all of the saints of the church have been praying particularly hard for all of the communities that are entrusted into their care, especially now during uh, this current pandemic. But we have a, a blessed uh, saint to call our heavenly patron here, the Apostle John. He is just an unbelievable um, witness and example for the entire world, and so thus for us, and then it becomes our responsibility to then be the example of the life of St. John and the theology and witness of St. John to the rest of the world as well, because this is our church. He is the one who has been praying for us. Now, John was uh, one of the, the younger disciples when he was first called, but he ended up being one of the oldest disciples because he died at the, the age somewhere around 100 years old was when uh, John actually died, and he dies in the city of Ephesus, uh, and it's this, uh, that remembrance that we are making today, his repose. And there's miraculous events that occurred around his repose as well. He knew he was going to die... And so they dug his, his grave, and he laid in it, and he died, and they filled it in. And then a few days later, the tradition is that they actually dug it up, and he was not there. And so the same sort of miraculous event that happened with the Mother of God happens also with our own patron as well. And of course, St. John... Uh, Throughout the course of his life, though he lived to be 100, he could have died any number of times prior to that because of the, the, the many things that he endured throughout his life, including being exiled on the island of Patmos, uh, where he wrote the book of Revelation and the, the gospel and his letters. And of course, that's the cave in Patmos that is depicted in our iconography here at the church. And he is one of the only three people and really the first one who is given the title theologian in the church because of the profound depth of his knowledge of God and his ability to share it with the world. We've been studying his gospel uh, as a church in our Bible studies on Wednesday night since the pandemic and we're only on chapter 10. Lord willing, the pandemic perhaps will end before we finish the the Gospel of John if we keep that that pace going because we're not even halfway through. But one of the amazing things about John, while it is profound and deep, he's also one of the simplest ones to read. Uh, When we were studying Greek in seminary, it was much better to try to attempt to translate the works of St. John than it was to translate something like Paul. All has very long, run-on sentences, and in Greek, that's ridiculous, but in John, you knew exactly, he knew it so well that he was able to proclaim it and teach it in a way that everyone was able to understand. And so he's the great depth of his theology. But even amidst the great depth of his theology, he would have summarized his entire gospel to one thing. and it was the last thing that he said to his disciples. Little children, love one another. And we heard it in the epistle this morning. Uh, he said the word love multiple times. And the disciples, some of his own disciples, would ask him and say, Why do you keep saying that? And he says, Because that was the Lord's command. And if you can do just that, it is enough. St. Siloan the Athenite, who we celebrated earlier this week, says... The Lord wants us to love each other. This is the essence of freedom. Love for God and for your neighbor. Not everyone can be a king or a prince. Not everyone can be a patriarch or an abbot or a leader. But no matter what your title, you can love God and serve him. And that is all that matters. Little children, love one another is what John so concretely says. And was the, the heart of all of his theological teaching. Love one another. But that kind of love that he's talking about is a love that is very hard. Because he's talking about a love that is like the love of God. The agape, unconditional love that is like the love of God. You know, some of us, most of us, myself included, most especially, we're willing to love people up to a certain point until they become frustrating, until they become annoying. Until they, they blow up our expectations, until they hold a different political or ideological position than we do, and then not only do we sometimes stop to love them, it's almost as if, especially in this day and age of social media, uh, where there's some sort of feeling of anonymity when we post things, it's almost as if we stop treating them as if they were even humans by the, by the language that we use and the things that we say about people love one another is so much deeper than this limited feeling that we might have towards people and that runs out. St. Maximus the Confessor says, the friends of Christ love all truly. And the friends of Christ, he uses that word specifically because remember in John's Gospel, Jesus during his, his uh, uh, speech to the, the, the disciples before the Last Supper, he says, you are now my friends. And so John was a friend of Christ, and therefore we are friends of Christ. He says, the friends of Christ love all truly, but are not themselves loved by all. The friends of the world neither love all nor are loved by all. The friends of Christ persevere in love to the end. The friends of the world persevere only until they fall out with each other over some worldly thing. I think I've clumped myself in friends of the world most of the time with that definition because Metropolitan Philaret says that to love is actually to be uh, intimately involved in the well-being of another person and that's that that love that is poured out for all and that's the love that John is talking about when he says and sums up his gospel little children love one another so how do we get there One of the beautiful things about the epistle that we heard at the very last line, that I'm very glad, David, uh, that that was the last line because he sung it out um, beautifully. We love him because he first loved us. And that's how John knew this particular message in his gospel. Little children love one another. What was John, how did John refer to himself in his gospel? The beloved, the disciple whom Jesus loved. We love him because he first loved us. And John knew that intimately because he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was the one who laid at Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. He was the one one of the three who went up to Mount Tabor to see Christ. Uh, transfigured in all of his glory he was the one who stood at the foot of the cross the only disciple who did that and if we look at the cross as the great example of our lord's love john was the one who knew it the best because he stood there and watched it and heard it and he understood what was happening And then he had that beautiful, intimate moment that we heard in the gospel where uh, he gives Mary into his care and he into Mary's care. And, you know, oftentimes I think knowing the strength of the mother of God, that was probably more encouragement for John than it was for Mary at that moment. But John knew the great love of God. And that's why he would be able to tell us and look to us and live his life in such a way where he could say, little children love one another where he could live his life without fear, being willing to die at any moment, and he almost did a few times in his life, being willing to be exiled on Patmos, being willing to live and do and preach and teach whatever Christ asked him to do, because perfect love casts out all fear, which we also heard in the epistle this morning. Little children love one another and make sure that that love that we have for one another is rooted and grounded in the fact The knowledge that God loves us. That's the only way we can love people in the way that John is encouraging us to and that we heard about from Maximus the Confessor to be that friend of Christ. To be reminded of God's love. And there is no better place to be reminded of God's love than right where you are sitting. Doing exactly what we are doing this morning in honor of our patron, celebrating the divine liturgy. Because here in the Divine Liturgy, we see the love of God vibrantly, especially in this church that is dedicated to St. John. We are able to hear the love of God in the prayers and the hymns of the church and be reminded of the whole history of, this, of our salvation that John knew so intimately and experienced so deeply so that we too can know the great love of God. And we even taste the love of God by partaking of the Eucharist. And having that as our first principle and reminder that God loves us that much, then, and only then, can we really love one another. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the theology of our church, is deep. It is unbelievable. But it is summed up Little children, love one another. Everything that God has done for us since the beginning of creation until our final repose is meant for us to know His immense love for us. And wrapped up in that love, in the warmth of that embrace, may we, like our patron, say those words, live those words, and change this world. Little children, love one another. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.